Welcome to Seeds of Hope. Listen now to this encouraging and uplifting message of faith and trust in our Lord, shared by Father Mike Moore. There's a scene in The Wizard of Oz after Dorothy's been captured by the Wicked Witch. She's in the castle, and the three of her friends are outside trying to figure out how they're going to get in there to rescue her. And of course, the cowardly lion, well, he has trouble with this. But finally, he says, I'll do it for Dorothy. Witches or no witches, guards or no guards, I may not come out alive, but I'm going in there. There's just one thing I want you fellas to do. Talk me out of it. <laughs> That's what this parable's all about. The last guy just took the talent and buried it. He was afraid. Now, here's an interesting thing about talents. I didn't know this. I looked it up, and I checked it with a few sources, and they seemed to concur. A talent was worth an amazing amount of money. One scholar said a talent was worth 15 years' wages. So for some of us, that might be getting close to a million dollars. Some others, it might be way over a million dollars. So the one who got five talents, he's given him like five million dollars. The one who gave the two, two million. And then even the one, it's a million dollars. This was a very special gift that he was giving to each one of them. I want to point out one thing here. Did you notice? The five and the two. The master in the story says exactly the same words to each one of them. So you see, for the master, it didn't matter how many talents they had. It's what they did with them that made all the difference. And both of them doubled it. So the man at the end, he said, no, no, I was afraid I buried it. a lot of people who tell me, I I really don't have any gifts. I mean, I tried this. When I first felt the call when I was a teenager, I was desperate to find somebody to talk me out of it. I was like the lion. I went to my best friend. I told him all the reasons I couldn't become a priest. He said, those reasons are not good. So I went to the parish priest. I told him, "I, I think I'm called, but I don't think I'm the right guy for this. There was a book I had, it was about vocations, and it had in there, if you have these qualities, you may have a call to the priesthood. So I thought I had them. I looked at that book, I pointed to it, I don't have those qualities. So he looks at the book, looks at me and says, I don't have them either. (laughs) Basically telling me, yeah, no, you can't pull that one. (laughs) So... So for all of us who think we don't have any gifts to offer in our parish, in our life, for the kingdom, let me ask this question. Who told you that? Who told you that you have no talent, that you have no gifts? Where is that coming from? Now, if you were St. Ignatius, he would exercise the rules of discernment here. How do you feel when you think you have no gifts, you have no talent? People may say, I feel left out. Everybody else has all these gifts. I've got nothing. Or we may feel depressed about that, sad, cheated. 
And you, when Ignatius would say, those are all very dark feelings. Those are all dark. Whenever there's all dark feelings about something we're thinking about, it's not coming from Christ. It could be my own brokenness. It could be the evil one. Because the devil doesn't want you to use your gifts. He doesn't even want you to recognize your gifts. So who told you you have no gifts? It's not true. Everybody has a talent. And that's the message of the gospel here. You know the word liturgy that we use all the time? In Greek, you're going to be surprised by this. It doesn't mean like the mass. The word liturgy in Greek means the work of the people. When we come to mass, this is not like, let me sit back and relax and enjoy the mass. We're supposed to come in here and be working. Working like the servers here, the musicians here, these ushers over here, the greeters when you came in. We're all supposed to be like working as a community. Even if you're not particularly assigned to something today, we're all called to say our responses with our whole heart, to sing these songs with, with whatever voices God's given us. That's our work. So what am I called to do? There's a parish outside of Baltimore. It's Nativity Parish. They were at a breaking point. And the pastor and his parish manager decided, what what is happening here? And he realized that his congregation, I think it's common in a lot of our parishes around the country, were really consumers. We're so bombarded with the consumer mentality. They were acting like consumers. If something didn't go their way, they were always complaining. And he would try to fix the thing. Then they'd complain about something else. He said, this is backwards. We're called to be disciples. So that parish, as they worked on that, it tripled in size. And they have a book now that they try to share what they did to help their parish become the kind of parish that attracts the lost, that wakens the faithful, that works together in ministry. So let me conclude with this. This is going to surprise you. Mother Teresa, she was working at a boarding school in India, but it was a boarding school for families that were very wealthy. She's on a train to Darjeeling. They had food rationing at the time, so she went into Calcutta, and she picked up tuberculosis. So they're sending her to Darjeeling to recover. So she's sick. And while she's on the train, on September the 10th, 1946, she said she got her call within a call to serve the poorest of the poor. So she writes a letter to the archbishop. I've seen the letter. I can't recall now word for word, but this is the gist of what she said. Your Excellency, I know this is a crazy idea. If you just tell me, no, I don't want you to do it, I'll never think about this idea again. Can you imagine what we would have missed if that archbishop said, no, I don't want you to do that. You stay at the school there. Can you imagine what we would have missed as a world in Mother Teresa's example? The archbishop, though, he heard the voice of God in that call. He said, 
go and follow that call. And big things happened. She was trying to do the same thing. Just tell me I don't have to do that. And who is Mother Teresa? She's only this tall when she was alive. A nun. What kind of gifts did she have? She said yes to Jesus. She went where he told her to go. And what did she do? She loved the people. She took care of the dying. The gift was love. So if you ever feel, I don't have a gift. I don't think I, I can do anything to build up the kingdom. Be careful. That's not coming from Jesus. You notice how rough Jesus was at the end on that story? That was common for their culture. The reason he's so strong there is because he's saying to all you and me, this really matters. I gave you precious gifts. Use them. Now next Sunday is the Feast of Christ the King. And we're going to hear the take-home test. What's God going to ask us when we go to heaven? You'll hear next Sunday. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you would like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike in your web browser or wherever podcasts are available.